0: podcast will uplift and thrust you into the manifestation of the promises of God in your life. Evening again, you are listening to the Manifesting God podcast. I am your host, Prophetess Marie Elizabeth. Let's get over to 2 Corinthians Let's see 2 Corinthians and 4. Let's start at verse 1. It's not too late to share. Go ahead and share that. 2nd Corinthians 4 and 1. Therefore, and I'm in the NIV version. Therefore, since God's mercy, since through God's mercy, we have this ministry. We do not lose heart. We do not lose heart. Rather, Rather, we have renounced the secret and shameful ways. Now, what are those secret and shameful ways? We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we set forth the truth plainly clearly. We make it real simple to understand. We commend ourselves. I commend myself to everyone's conscious. We commend ourselves to everyone's conscious in the sight of of God, remember last week we talked about the pledge of a pure conscience. We understand the walls, the borders that God has purposely placed around us, and so we discipline ourselves, we discipline ourselves, we discipline our flesh to walk in such a discipline. We understand the borders. We understand them because we know that it is God who directs our footsteps and it is him who has designated our path. He has prepared for us so that we can reach. He's prepared this path for us so that we can reach that appointed place in time that he has For us, verse three, it says, and even if our gospel is veiled, even if it's hidden, the King James Version says it is veiled to those that are perishing. So we don't worry about those who don't have an understanding or refuse to understand what we are saying about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ because we understand that the truth is hidden from them we don't use that as an excuse not to show forth the promises of God in our lives but we understand that not everyone will be on board they will not be on, on board verse 4 says the god of this age has blinded the mind of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that is you and that is me that we dis- that displays The NIV version says it displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Underline that it displays, it's supposed to show forth something. We are supposed to show something. Verse five says, for what we preach is not ourselves. We don't preach us. We don't talk us. We talk Christ. I often say I like to use the word of God when I minister because it's only his word that doesn't return back. Boy, minds might come back with nothing, but the word of God is always going to accomplish what it set out to accomplish. It's always going to do it. It's never going to come back empty-handed, never going to come back empty-handed. Verse four, again, the God of this age has blinded the mind of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel, which displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we preach not ourselves, verse five, but Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as servants for Jesus' sake. So if we're speaking of ourselves, we're speaking of ourselves in terms of being a servant for Jesus's sake, for his sake. Verse six says, come on, stay with me. You know, I'm going somewhere. Verse six says, for God, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light. He made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory. Here's that word again, displayed. Come on, you need to underline that in that NIV version. Displayed, then that that word—it just it pops up like this is the second time we've seen it so far. It's reminding us of our responsibilities in Christ. It's reminding us of our responsibilities in Christ. We have an understanding, a knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, so that we can display so that we can show the light that is him in the face of christ verse seven it says where where you know think about this where do we have this knowledge this stored light where where exactly is it and the scripture tells us but we have this we have this treasure it says in the scriptures in jars of clay we have this treasure in jars of clay to show to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and what? Not from us. We have the light of Christ in us to show that the power in which we do the will of God is not from us, but it's from God, we have these treasures in a jar of clay, a jar of clay. What, what, what are they referring to when they say a jar of clay? What is the scripture referring to? The flesh It's in the flesh It's enclosed in the flesh. It allows us to show, to show what power God has put in us. What power is that? Verse eight that we can be hard pressed on every side, but never crushed. We can be perplexed, but never in despair. We can be persecuted, but we understand we're not abandoned. We can be struck down, but we understand that we are not destroyed. This is what We have the treasure we have in our flesh. We have the light of God in our spirit, in our inner man, but through our flesh, we can show that in that we are hard pressed every side, but we're never crushed. We're perplexed, never in despair. We are persecuted, but we're not abandoned. We're struck down, but never have we been destroyed. We have the ability to show that. To put that on display. How? In our flesh. I can't show you what's in my spirit, but I can put what I understand of of God in, and I can act it out in my flesh. So that you are clear that in these circumstances, when do you see them? In these circumstances, I am pressed situation above situation, circumstance above circumstances. But I don't appear to be crushed. I am perplexed I don't understand but yet I'm not in despair I am being persecuted on every side troubles are coming at me from every side but I don't appear to be abandoned I appear to be secure I've been struck down beat down uh, with circumstances with situations that have been very heavy to bear but yet I don't show a destruction Because I don't feel destruction because God's light, the light of his power is within me. And it's through that power that I'm showing no crushing, no despair, no abandonment, no destruction, no destruction. Verse 13, it says, it is written, I believed, I believed, therefore I have spoken. Since we have that same spirit of faith, guess what? We believe. And we also speak. You hear it coming out of my mouth now. You hear faith coming out of my mouth now. You hear spirit coming out of my flesh, my mouth now. It's on display right now. The spirit of faith is revealed in our body. The spirit of faith is revealed through the flesh. We're speaking it. We're speaking it. We're showing it. It is always on display. Whether we intend for it to be or not, our faith is always on display. Verse 10 says, we carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body." in our body in our flesh we carry around in our body the death of jesus meaning i on purpose do not re- have a reaction to every situation and every circumstances. Why? Because my spirit man understands it's all a part of the cause. So I have no need to shut down. I understand that God will supply my need according to his riches and glory. So no matter what the circumstance pre- presents to God, it's only a need. It's only a need that he alone can fulfill, that he alone will fulfill. Why? Because he's faithful. And so I don't have a reaction for you in my mortal body. The only thing I can show you is faith. The only thing I can show you is perseverance. That's the only thing I can show you. Verse 12 says, so then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you, That's key right there because while, while I discipline my emotions so that I am always showing God, and when I say I, I mean we, I mean us, while we discipline our emotions so that we are always showing God, showing God's provision, showing God's faithfulness, we do that so that life can be in the watcher. So that life can be in the listener. What am I doing right now? Building your faith. Why? Because I'm simply standing and I'm speaking, I'm articulating faith from my flesh, from my mouth. From my mouth, I'm speaking faith. See, the death of Jesus is revealed in our mortal body. The scriptures tell us death works inside, but how will others know it? It's revealed. Through the body. It's revealed through the flesh. It's revealed through the flesh. What are we talking about today? We are talking about the spirit of faith, the acts of replication. The spirit of faith, my inner man, the acts of replication, my flesh. The spirit of faith, the acts of replication. The flesh does not have to be a source of contention with the spirit. We make it such when we will not discipline it. We can make it circum and serve our God. We can make the flesh submissive to our God if we're willing to discipline it. Bring it into submission to the spirit of God. Allow death to work in and through it and allow the spirit of faith to be on display. These scriptures are showing us the that flesh does have a place in building the kingdom of God in the earth realm, but we have to work it. We have to work it. It has a place, but we must discipline it. It is there to show. It is there to show the glory of God, show what's on the inside and let it come forth to the outside, the acts of replication. If I can show you, I can replicate faith in you, in your moment of despair, you might remember, but when she was going through that, She leaned on God. She didn't lean to her own understanding. And God proved himself. I think I'll give that a try. I think I'll give that a try. See, the scriptures are showing us that if if we work this flesh correctly, it can provide a display for Christ. It can provide a view, a visual of our faith. It can do that for us. The flesh can be a conscious showpiece a conscious showpiece of the death of Christ and a revelation of faith in him and his promises. It can be a display of God's glory and God's power. Again, if we discipline it, if we discipline it, then we can, we can enter into the acts of replication. We can enter into that. The spirit of faith is revealed it is shown it is exhibited it is exemplified through the flesh so many times we're so busy trying to halfway kill ourselves when we could simply walk in discipline we can walk and i'ma tell you it takes a conscious effort it is not going to just happen you have to make your flesh submissive to the will of god how is it that you think that our leaders are able to be an example to us of godliness they have mastered disciplining the flesh we can only see their example yes we can hear their words but it is through their example through their example, that we gain confidence and our ability to walk in that level of faith, to be that same display. The on purpose discipline, which is coming from what is believed in our hearts, is on display. We give it life, we give it life, We we give it breath. And that in the same way, we give that faith to others. We give that same way to faith in others. What is it then? What is it then? It is God. It is God allowing us who are made in his image, who live and breathe in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, Acts 17, 28, to blow. It's allowing us to blow that same breath of life that he blew into our our nostrils to blow it into others. It's allowing us, it's allowing us to blow faith to 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 blow the breath of faith into another's nostrils so that they too can live in faith in Christ. But the death comes in that we cannot allow our flesh to run crazy, to run wild. We must discipline it. I'm not saying that your urges or what you desire, the things you want are going to just go away like that. No, it takes practice. It takes practice. And if we are going to be those that are able to breathe the breath of life of faith into others, we, and so that they too can become living creatures, we must sacrifice. We must sacrifice our wants and our desires. We must sacrifice. uh, We must not allow the flesh to override what we understand in the spirit. This is sometimes, I mean, for some of us, it can be a matter of working with it and, and just working with different things and working our way through different things. And then for others, it's just laziness. It's just laziness. We just want what we want. So we just go get what we want and give no thought to the consequences, give no thought to who we can and who we will infect or affect. We don't we don't give any any conscious thought to who might who might see us overindulging and, and, and going doing things that are not Christ like we don't give it any thought because we just want what we want. But this is a, this is a, a, a discipline that if practiced, if practiced, God can use us, God can use us to give another life, to give another life. There are tools that God has given us to do the work that he has assigned to our hand. But we are so busy, sometimes so very busy, despising or ignoring them that we never learn how to work them for the good of building up the kingdom of God. By ignoring the acts of the flesh, we do not discipline the acts of the flesh. Hence, the undisciplined mouth with its undisciplined conversations, with its undisciplined words, and undisciplined appetites with undisciplined stomachs, and eat everything without limitation, the undisciplined eyes, The undisciplined eyes that watch programs that support undisciplined ways and thoughts. The undisciplined places that we allow our flesh to walk us into, which have undisciplined actions and consequences, 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 substantial consequences when building the kingdom of God. Or how about this? The undisciplined story who eats their seed and complains with their undisciplined mouth when they find themselves in lack. It all points back to undisciplined flesh. All of it, all of it, every last bit of it. Let me tell you something. I remember, and most of you will, you might remember something like this when you were younger. You remember going into the store with your parents especially my mom, and she would give you all but a lecture before you walked in the store. Now, listen, we're going to go in this store. Don't ask me for nothing. Don't touch nothing. Stay in my presence. Don't move from less than two feet away from me. Don't do this. Do that. Don't do this. Don't ask for that. You remember those rules that our parents would give us? Okay, so you're going over your girlfriend's house for a birthday party. Do not do this. Don't do that. Don't do this. Do this. Don't do this. Make sure you say this. Make sure you say that. You got instructions before you got to enter and, or go someplace on your own or enter the store. You were instructed. And the, and the funny thing about that is because everything with me required, because my mom always gave instructions, I got to the point where subconsciously I started to give myself instructions. When, when I got older, I started to, I started to decide before I did something, what exactly I was going to do, what, how I was going to, if I had this, if I was going to speak to someone or hang out. I decided before I went, what I was going to speak on what I was going to say, what I was not going to, in conversation, I was not going to engage in what I was going to engage in. I decided before I went to the restaurant, what I was going to eat, how much of it I was going to eat and what was coming back home. I literally got to the point because I always got these talks from my parents on how to behave, how to carry myself, how to speak, what to say, what not to say, that I found myself disciplining my own self, before I could get to the, the destination because I came to realize that if I created a plan of what I was and was not going to do, what I was and was not going to, to eat at the restaurant, what I was and was not going to say, then I found that it made for a smoother evening than if I just was random with my approach. When I was random with my approach, it was all... I always walked into trouble. And I got tired of always walking into trouble. So I became my mom's voice to me. And I would be like, okay, now you're going to go to this restaurant. You're going to meet them there at seven. You're going to eat this, that, that, and that. And you're going to bring the rest home. When they ask, do you want to go somewhere afterwards? You're going to say, no, thank you. And you're going to come back home. You're going to come this way home. You literally, it becomes, it became a practice rehearsed discipline that over and over for years, for years, I'm talking for from a child with my parent giving me instructions to this very day. I still re, I still think before I get somewhere, if I don't, oh my, I just don't like the result. I don't like the result. So I try to think about the options that are available to me so that I already know what I'd like to do, What's what's the preferred route. See, there's a discipline that came out of my mother my mother's constant rehearsal of don't do this do this no you can't do that don't ask me this don't get in the store and act like this a a discipline came out of that and some of you may remember you did you did the same thing with your children and you start to see after a little while takes a little while because maturity does have to catch up with wisdom it takes a little while and you see them start to exercise a discipline where they know when they're going out with their friends, where they're going to go, what they're going to do, what they're willing to eat, what they're willing to drink, what they're not willing to eat, what they're not willing to drink, how late they're willing to stay out—they they actually think it through, and it, it's a it's a practice, it's a practice discipline is a practiced behavior. It's not something that you can get overnight. It's not something. It's something that you have to excuse me, deliberately do on purpose over and over and over again, until it becomes second nature. For me, it was what I was taught. And so I practice it. And such, such a, such a discipline is also there for us in the word of God. It exists in the Bible today. However, what's missing is the practice The discipline of opening the Bible and studying the Bible to learn what tools are available to us. And secondly, how to properly use them, how to care for them and how to maintain them and how to most importantly, practice them. There is a discipline required, but that discipline begins with first opening the Bible to understand what is available to you. It is, it is necessary. It is necessary for us if we are going to be disciplined ones that have the privilege of breathing the breath of faith into another so that they can live. It is necessary that we learn to discipline our flesh. How is it that you think that you can go into the world and that you can, you can influence another's behavior when you have not yet influenced your own? You have, you don't, you have yet to discipline your own behaviors, your own words, your own mouth, your own actions, just to show another. We still go to lunch and buy lunch every day. We refuse to show another stewardship. We refuse to show another stewardship. So we go and we, we, go, we, we still, and let's touch on this because we in that season, we still insist on going to the office parties this Christmas time, the office parties and eating everything in sight and drinking everything in sight. And we have no discipline in front of our coworkers to show them God. We won't refrain just so that they can see that we mean business, that we truly love the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So we won't be consistent in our discipline for their sake for their sake. We won't do anything just for another, just for another sidebar here. For example, in my office, I work every day. I'm speaking of, um, I'm speaking of here, whether um, whether it's ministry or whether I'm a student. So whether it's school or whether work, uh, I tend to, I have a discipline about doing what I do, which is one of the ways that I'm able to do all that I do. I um I practiced for years as a as a as a child. I practiced for years and even into my adulthood learning how to manage several things at one time. I wasn't always good at it. It wasn't it wasn't always as easy as it is today. When it became easy, it became easy because I began to realize that When I started hitting road bumps and I didn't understand, I started realizing that the Holy Spirit doesn't only teach you spiritual things. He teaches you all things. And I asked him to help me to be able to manage time because I didn't want to waste God's time. So in my effort to learn how to him teaching me how to manage my time i begin to understand that it is i begin to literally have the scripture written on my heart that in christ i live and i breathe and i have my being hence everything that i'm able to do i do it because i'm in christ so in fact it's not me doing it it is christ doing it through me so it's not that i can manage time so great, it's that I had a desire to manage God's time. So God through me was able, is able to constantly manage several tasks through me because I had a desire to not waste his time. So if we are having an issue disciplining our flesh, then we have to understand what's our blocker, what's in our way. What's in the way? What's keeping you from practicing a disciplined life? I didn't say it was going to be perfect. You're going to have to practice it. That means every day, practice it consciously, intentionally practice it. So what is keeping us from doing so? What is keeping us from having a disciplined life? What is keeping us from being that example. What is the issue? We need to identify that. It is not something, listen, it's not something that you have to figure out alone. It's not the Holy Spirit teaches us all things. It's not something, walking a disciplined life is not something that you have to do all by yourself. We have our Bibles, yes, but we have the Holy Spirit we have the holy spirit to help us to bring to our remembrance that disciplined practice that we learned when we read our bibles and if we ask god to if we ask the holy spirit teach me to discipline this flesh so that so that the power of god that is within me is exhibited through this flesh i need holy spirit to understand How to make my flesh submissive to the spirit of God, the power of God that is in me so that the glory of God can be replicated, can be replicated, the acts of replication so that my acts in the flesh can be replicated. I need the glory of God to be the power of God, the discipline of God to be replicated in my flesh so that I can replicate it in another, but I can't do it in another until I can do it in myself. I can't do it in another until I can do it in myself. See, one thing when I realize that everything I do, everything that I understand, everything that I can comprehend, I have to do it in Christ. I have to realize that it is Christ in me. It is the power of God in me that's working through my flesh, that's given me the ability to maneuver the way that I maneuver. Once I understood that, once I understood that, then nothing could move me from that. I promise you, if you move one thing out, God will give me something else in there because he knows she doesn't want to waste my time. So she's going to work. Any ministry I put in front of her, any gift I put near her, she's going to work it. So can God trust you? Can God trust you? So when you ask the Holy Spirit to teach you to walk in a more disciplined manner, can God trust you to listen to the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit stops you and says, no, we don't want to do it like that. You want to do it like this. Every time it's a, I'm telling you, it's a practice response. It is, it has to be practiced and it may take, it may take years before you get it. It may take years before you can do it without any, um, without the Holy spirit reminding you me being able to. Myself being able to multitask effectively is, is something that I practiced for so many years that I can do it in my head. I, I know exactly what order to move in in my head to get things done. Now, is it, when I say my head, is it my head? No, it's the mind of Christ. It's the mind of Christ. Always, always recognize, always, always remember that what we do, we only can do what we do through Christ. I can only do what I do through Christ. I can only be disciplined if I allow the spirit within me to discipline my flesh. I can only do it in Christ, in Christ. Otherwise, you're going to start to think that you have these magical abilities. You know, you're going to be in witchcraft. You're going to think you have these magical abilities to do all this great and wonderfulness that is you, When it, and you're not going to give God any, any type of uh, credit or praise or honor for what he does through you, and you will fail then, and then you will fail. Everything that I am, that I do, I do it only in Christ. I promise you I am not that smart. I promise you I'm not I stare at books for too. i remember sitting in front of books trying to understand my school work i had to ask the holy spirit i had to tell him i'm just not getting it i don't understand and i can hear the soft voice start to explain it to me okay now this is that and that is that and this goes with this and put this over here and i go oh there it is he has to become my teacher and if you get that attitude that you are not that great, you are not that wonderful. If you could kindly dismiss, I'm telling you, I just want to strangle pride and arrogance. Can't take it. Don't want to deal with it. Because it. we all are what we are by Christ, through Christ, in Christ. Nobody is anything without God. Every talent you have, every gift you have, God. Oh, you can sing God Oh, you can preach, God. Oh, you musician, God. Oh, you do, you do. How about let's go worldly? Oh, you do marathon, triathlon, God. You do what you do because you're in God and he can do it through you. You allow him to do it through you. Now, if we get into the point where we start thinking that we actually have such intelligence or that we're so great and wonderful, and uh, the world is just fortunate to have me in it, then see if, see how long you're in it, then. I give you, I give you a few days from here, and you'll be standing in front of God trying to explain why you took his glory, why you felt that you were so relevant and so important that you could steal his glory. Hmm? So we, we have to be, we have to be careful, be careful about who we think we are, know who you are in God, in God. I am what I am by the grace of God. They used to sing back in the day. I am what I am by the grace of God. Otherwise I am nothing. I'm simply talking today about using what you have to bring God glory, we don't always use what we have to bring God glory. Hence, hence, because we won't discipline this flesh, because we won't discipline it, because we won't discipline it, then we can't replicate faith in others. We can't help others at all. If you're able to show, to know yourself, if we're just able to know ourselves, know our strengths, the prayer is that you will come to appreciate the gifts and the strengths and others whom God aligns you to and actually build something that the kingdom of God can receive glory from. See, the thing is, if you if you start to operate in pride and arrogance and think that you have it all, then you'll never be able to appreciate the gifts that God puts around you to enhance your gift and what you have that can enhance their gifts. One thing I always tell, um, you know, certain people who know, me and who have worked with me especially in ministry like uh, let's say decorating I am just not the creative type just I don't know I don't I don't know how to put the colors together to make them pop I don't know I don't have that mind that can look at something and say and see a whole different array of you know um, innovation and decoration and beautifying it I'm just I'm the person that in my house I need a decorator to come in and say, "Okay, get this, get that, do that, and I will follow your instructions and I'm going to trust you because I understand that that is not me." And you can you can show me and say, "Oh, do you like this? Do you like this?" Uh, I don't know. I don't I actually do not know. You have to they uh, I've had decorators and what they do is they ask you questions. You know, do you what do you like? Do you like this color that could just ask me random questions and then from that they pull a design and say, this is what you like. And then when I see it, that's exactly what I like. But if you ask me to put it together, I cannot. So you have to know your strengths. In order to receive the gifts that God has for you, you also have to know, uh, you know, people don't like to hear weaknesses. So you have to know your opportunities. You have to know what you need help in. And if you, if you have it all, if you know it all, then you can expect that God won't send you any extra gifts. He won't send you people that have what you lack because you know you have it all. You're the apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, and you're the evangelist. You're the choir singer and the praise and worship leader. And you leave you, leave it you to yourself five minutes. You'll hop on the organ, the piano, and the drums. So, because you have it all. Because you have it all and you do it all so greatly, so wonderfully, that God can't send you a musician who has studied music and voice for years where he can properly train people to actually be able to give you an effective praise and worship team because you know you you have it all and you can teach everybody everything because you you have it all, you know. And so this is the this is the issue that we're running into that God is not not uh not um allowing the spirit to reign any longer he wants a disciplined people that can minister uh, a that can uh, what's the word look for that can um that can effectively I said this way that can effectively show forth the glory of God and for that to happen we have to be people that are willing to exercise our faith externally. To exercise our faith externally. The word of God is full of examples of how Jesus, when he was here in the earth, in the flesh, how he walked the earth, right? How he um, how he healed, how he made other, others free how he brought others to deliverance. So we have we have no excuse not to utilize the treasures that we have in these jars of clay um because although although we have how can I say although although we have oh, I'll say it like this we have a God who has not suffered with our infirmities. So an example of everything that we can be and are and should be acting in God or putting on display in God are right there in the Bible for us. An example of everything, of everything. We just need to practice the discipline required the discipline required to, to, to share these acts. We need to practice the discipline, I'm saying it again, required to practice these acts so that they can be replicated. Right now, we are a people, and I'm sure if I asked everyone under the sound of my voice, Do you, have Do you, have Do you have faith? you have faith? you have faith? You all would, yes, 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 you have faith. Yes, I have faith. Yes, I have faith. But then if I ask someone that you worked with, do you know that person to be a person of faith and they might first say well what exactly is faith well are they able Do do you do you see on them the ability to just have do you see this full assurance of the heart do you see that this confident no matter what comes nothing breaks them nothing shakes them nothing moves them do you ever see that in them can they actually answer yes or can they say well They were just cussing yesterday because they didn't get a raise, and then they were fussing yesterday because someone was rude to them, and then they were angry the other day about someone saying this or that to them. How are we we showing our faith, And, and, and is it a means, are we acting in a means that this faith can be replicated? Ladies and gentlemen, we are talking about the spirit of faith the acts of replication. We are talking about disciplining your flesh, disciplining your flesh so that it can be used of God. It is an on purpose, conscious action. It is not just going to happen. You have to make a decision to practice through your flesh, act out your faith every day. Thank you for listening. Let's pray. God, I thank you. I thank you. I honor you. I worship you. And I thank you for being my Lord, my savior, my deliverer. God, I thank you for this word today. You have, you're have causing us, God, to grow up and to mature in you. You are not in no way shape or form letting us slide anymore you are calling us to a higher purpose in you you are you have you have given us time ample time to learn of you ample time to practice you yet we still fall short and we thank you today for your patience with us. We thank you today that your promises still stand because you are still faithful. And we submit today to your will and to your purpose. We reach for you and we ask, we call on the Holy Spirit today to help us to discipline this flesh so that it can show forth the glory and the power of God that is within us. We are asking the Holy Spirit today to help us to discipline this flesh so that it can show forth our faith and so that we can be replicators of our faith. God, we want to please you because you please us we want to honor you because you honor us with your consistency. You honor us with your presence. You honor us with your faith. Jesus, you honor us as you sit at the right hand of the Father and you intercede for us daily. You honor us when you heal us. You honor us when you rescue us. You honor us when you provide for us. And we want to honor you by being disciplined ones. We want to honor you by being Discipled, disciplined ones. We want to honor you with our faith. We want to honor you with our acts of replication. And we ask today, God, that you will begin to move in our minds move in our minds because it's with our minds that we serve you so when the enemy would come in like a flood and you raise us above the circumstances and situations help us not to walk back down when you rescue us with your mighty hand help us not to walk out but help us to stay rooted and grounded in your will, in your word, and in your purpose. Because you've born us, you birthed us just for you. You birthed us, you birthed us just for you and for all those that are under the sound of my voice all over the world let this be a cleansing word for them cause this word to purge from them filthiness of the flesh and of the spirit and perfect holiness in them that they might walk worthy of the vocation wherein they are called cause them not to look to the left nor the right but to fix their eyes like a flit on you on you on pleasing you god on pleasing you we'd be ever so grateful and we're so thankful for your gift of the Holy Spirit that will begin to speak and instruct us in your ways in your will and in your purposes and we submit now we speak to our will and we cause it and we call it into submission to the Holy Spirit that he would begin to direct our paths our paths which are not crooked but straight and lead us to purpose. We thank you, oh God, that you are our shepherd, that you provide for us. So we don't have to worry. We don't have to, we don't have to be concerned. We can concentrate on being disciplined ones. And we thank you, oh God. We thank you, oh God, that our faith will become seen. It will become seen and tangible to others. In Jesus' name, I pray in jesus name i pray i thank you so much for joining me on this evening join me every monday at 7 p.m and again we were talking about today the spirit of faith the acts of replication tis us we want the act of replication. Again, thank you for joining me, and I will see you on next Monday at 7 p.m. Remember, if you're under the sound of my voice, I am praying for you, and I'm praying for yours. Oh, yes, I am. I'm praying for each and every one of you, and I look forward to your testimonies. God keep you. God keep you. I'm praying for you.